Amen. Woo. Amen. To God be the glory, right? We have such a wonderful team. So thankful for them. So proud of them. Uh, this doesn't just happen on a Sunday morning in a few minutes, right? This takes a lot of time, a lot of practice, um, a lot of years of effort. In fact, I was thinking down here, what a beautiful example of the gifting of God that they've given to us today. Even in our lights, our lights did something. I thought, oh, Lord, there goes the electricity for a moment. No, it was a lighting effect that, that our team was working on and messing with. And to enhance our time of worship, it was sweet. And all of this is a, a product of gifting. And so I'm just so thankful for you leaders and players and tech team. You guys have worked hard to do that, and we appreciate you. Can we give them a hand just because they're so faithful? God and God alone is worthy of our worship, and they've done such a fabulous job of, of giving their gifts. Hey, I want to start this morning with uh, just a huge thank you to uh, Kirk Stewart. I don't think he's here today, but... Um, he was with us last week, did a fabulous job helping us just with an awareness of, of the needs of our soul. Every human being, we're, we're imperfect, right? We have our, our history, our, our stories, our mistakes, the stuff that we walk through in life, and sometimes it's hard to figure out. I don't know if you've noticed that. There's some things in our souls that we need some help with kind of detangling. And he began to speak a little bit about that last week, and he also gave us this incredible invitation, if I can serve you and help you in that way, uh, that's what he does. And so if you need that information, we can get it for you. But I'm not only thankful for Kirk, but I'm thankful for all the guys who have served over this summer. We have three new faces on stage today that, to you. Tim is usually in the back uh, help running sound. He played drums this morning. We had GB over on guitar. And of course, we have Maverick interning with us this summer. God's doing some amazing things in men and women in our church. Amen. And, and youth and students and everybody. Praise God for what he's doing in us. Because it's not about us. It's about what he wants to do through us. Do you believe that? Amen. Well, I'm uh, excited to start a new series this morning called GPS, as Hayden said. But before we do, I want to kind of just remember where we've been, okay? It was uh, almost a year ago that we started this series. And it was before that, it was over a year ago that our, our elders... Our, our pastors, we've just been, as we've prayed together, as we've taken retreats, as we've wept together, as we've been seeking the Lord for the direction of our church, we've, just, we've been praying, God, what, what would you have us to do? And, and last summer, with, with uh, I'm telling you, just with clarity, God said, begin to help, help us understand that this is my mission, that the church is about the mission of Jesus in the world, right? He didn't say, Go into all the world and go to church. Did he say that? We are to be the church, but he said, go into all the world and what? Make disciples. That is the mission of the church. And so we just had this clarity as a team to go, this is what we need to speak on and where we need to go. It's been almost a year. The first series was a series called Multiply. And we talked about what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? Who makes disciples? Jesus said, I'll make you fishers of men. What does that mean? We spent a whole series talking about that. And at the end of that series, we, we launched a, an idea called triads. And now we have 30 to 35 or more triads that are meeting all over central Arkansas together, studying God's word, praying for the lost, saying, God, how can you use me? And being honest with each other. 
being family enough to go, hey, man, this is my weak spot. Would you pray for me? Would you hold me accountable? That's the body of Christ. That's the church. Then after the first of the year, we started a series through the book of Ephesians that so beautifully speaks to the power of the church and the mission of the church and what it means for us as individuals in the church, how we live on mission together and how God wants to use us and, and, and as, as warriors. I mean, it's just an amazing study. Of course, we finished that, and at the first of the year, we also made a change. We changed our service time, right? Again, we did that so that we could train disciple makers. We love having a service. We love gathering and worshiping Jesus, but he's called us to make disciples first and foremost. So we wanted to give our best time to equipping disciple makers. And so we started a program called Equip at, at around 11. And we take about an hour for anybody who wants to go deeper in what it means to be a disciple maker, come join us. And we've had a, a faithful like remnant of 50 to 65 people who've just stayed with us learning what it means to be a disciple maker. And I'm grateful for you. So beautiful what God is doing in our church. Then we did a series on the Lord's Prayer. Lord, there's nothing more important than connecting with you. This is your mission. You're the God of mission. That was the first message we preached in the Multiply series. He's the God of mission. So help us to connect with you to know where your heart is and where it is that we need to go on this mission. And we prayed about, Lord, it's your kingdom. Your will be done here through me. So it's, it's at this point that I believe God has led us. To, to know more of Jesus, to have more discipleship, not only at a location, but in our homes, in our families. Making Jesus known in our neighborhoods, in our communities, through you. That's the mission of the church. So he's calling us to this authenticity of life together. He's calling us to this mission of Jesus in the world. To be salt and light that his kingdom would come through us you have your Bibles this morning, I want us to start a couple of verses in Ephesians as we begin to look at this new series. Ephesians 1, 22. Text this morning, one of the first texts we have here says, and he put all things under his feet. Talking about Jesus, okay? And he put all things, God has placed all things under Jesus' feet. And gave him as head over all things. You notice something there? <laughs> Everything under, head over. I mean, there's nothing that Jesus is not in control of. Get that picture? Gave him as head over all things to the church. That's you and me. Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. I like this verse because it's mysterious in a way. <laughs> Jesus, as head of the church, fills all in all through the church. His life through us. And so as we pray, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done, that's what he's talking about. Uh, we've used the phrase, I think you've heard us use the phrase gospel saturation. We're going to use it more. But I want to define what gospel saturation is. This is what it is. It's where every man, woman, and child have multiple opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus. That's, that's gospel saturation. We are praying in central Arkansas, in Little Rock, right where you live, in Benton, in Bryan, in Alexander, in southwest, in west Little Rock, 
East Little Rock, North Little Rock, Maumel, Conway, all over where our lives touch. Lord, would you bring gospel saturation where every man, woman, and child have multiple opportunities to hear the gospel of Jesus and respond to it. Would you pray with us for gospel saturation? That's what this verse is talking about. That Jesus, as head of the church, through the church, fills all in all, saturates this world with his gospel, with the love of Jesus, his kingdom coming to this world. That's what he's talking about. Can I just tell you, that can't be done in a building. It can't be done in a church building. In fact, if we took every lost person in central Arkansas that we knew and everyone that there, that there was right now, they say there's more than a half a million people all, all around central Arkansas. If we took all the, the lost people around central Arkansas and said, put them in a church building, guess what? They would not fit. The church is not a building, it's a... Y'all better come on. It's a people. The church is not a building, it's a people. It's the mission of God going forward through the people of God for the purposes of God. That's the church of Jesus. Building won't hold it. So instead, God is working through each of us in our everyday lives, in our homes, in our work, where we play, where we dream. God wants to touch every facet of where we live with the gospel saturation to fill all in all. But here's the thing I want you to look at this morning. If you don't know what your role is in this kingdom, how will you be a part? If you don't know kind of how you're gifted and, and what God has done in the wiring of your soul and, and telling the story of your life till now, how will you be a part? How will you play a part? So it's important that we know, isn't it? I'll never forget when I was in college. <laughs> I laugh at this story to this day, and I may have told it to you. You're going to hear it again. Um, I can't ever remember which ones I tell. But uh, I was in college. I think I was a freshman. And uh, does anybody remember Opryland? For the young people, you're going, no, I have no clue. Opryland was this place in Nashville, Tennessee that was, had a lot of music shows, all kinds of music shows. But it was also kind of like Six Flags. They had all kinds of rides and stuff. It was a pretty magical place in Music City, right? Um, and when I was in college, a freshman, there was an audition going on at UALR uh, here in Little Rock for uh, some of the music shows. And I was a singer, a young singer, and I thought, hey, I want to try out and I could work and actually make money singing. Oh, my gosh, who's ever heard of such a thing? That sounds amazing. So I go to this audition. It's in a dance, big, huge dance studio with three, 400 people lining the walls, one piano in the, in the middle. And they call in different names. They call my name, and I'm nervous, and I go up, and I they hit play on my little cassette, and I sing this song by this band, you may not remember, but the band called Restless Heart. And I sing this song by this band, and there's kind of a silence, and then there's an eruption of, of standing applause. And I was like, oh, okay, I, there's a reason I'm here. This is good. I feel good about myself. I got a call back. In fact, I got several call, call backs, and I felt so good that this guy takes me to the side and he said, hey, just want you to know, I know the guys in Restless Heart. I think they would love how you sang their song. I'm going, oh, my gosh. I, this is like the greatest moment in my life. He's taking my picture, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm about to go, turn the corner and sign a record contract, surely. 
I mean, that's, I'm like 18. I think this is the greatest moment of my life, and I'm, I'm doing the whatever, blue steel. And uh, <laughs> so everything comes crashing down at that moment because he says, all right, great audition. Next thing, you're going to go right up these stairs to the dance studio where we have a dance audition, and then we'll be through. And I heard, you're going to go right up these stairs. I was like, I remember kind of taking a step back going, what? He said, yeah, go, just go up the stairs, and you're going to do a dance audition. And then everything goes well, then we'll, you know, I said, a dance audition. Yeah, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm not a really a dancer. So I, I go up the stairs, I go into this room, and as I get closer, I can hear Michael Jackson's beat it. And I'm going, okay. And so I open the door. Men and women both have uh, leotards and leg warmers on. Both men and women. And they're doing a routine, a choreographed routine. And I'm going, where am I? It's the twilight zone all of a sudden. And the guy goes, just come on in and try and learn it. What? So I go in. I'm wearing jeans and boots. And I'm like, okay, I'm trying to like, whatever the thing. I don't remember any of the routine. But just, you can imagine, I didn't do so great, okay? So much so that it came down to six or ten of us in the room. And he said, hey, some of you guys are going to make it and some of you are not going to make it. And you probably know where maybe you, you slipped up. So maybe begin to work on that area. I think I knew my area of uh, default or deficit. When I walked in that room, friends, I don't know that I've ever felt more out of place in my life. I sat there going, I, I came to sing a song. I don't know what this is. I don't do this. I'm a good old Baptist boy. We don't do this sort of thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going, I, this is not me. I, don't, I felt so out of place. And can I just tell you, God is moving in this world. And if you don't know your gifting, if you don't know your story, if you don't know what you're passionate about, then you're going to be kind of going, I feel out of place. I don't know what to do. I don't know what God has for me. So that's why I'm so excited this morning to begin this series so that we can begin to find out, God, what are you doing in us individually? Don't, don't raise your hand, but let me ask you this question. How many of you would sit there and say, I know my spiritual giftings. I know what they are. I'm confident in who God has made me spiritually and the giftings that I have. Some of you feel like you know them. Or you know a portion of them. And some of you are kind of going, I'm really not sure. I don't have a clue. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 says, Brothers, I don't want you to be uninformed about spiritual gifts. And that's the same thing I want to say to South City this morning. Brothers and sisters, don't want you to be uninformed about spiritual gifts. But you have them. If you know Jesus as your Savior, you have spiritual gifts. And I want us to begin to dig those out and figure out what God is doing in your life. Here, here's what I want. When you wake up in the morning, I would love for you to wake up and, and go take a deep breath of his grace and go, okay, God's at work, I know that, and God has gifted me to be a part of what he's doing. So I can wake up no matter what my job is, no matter what my medical condition is, no matter what my def deficit or, or problems or brokenness in my life or my story is, I can wake up and I can be energized because God has created me for a purpose, Right? I say this all the time, if there's breath in your lungs, there's purpose for your life, right? You're here today, your heart's beating, there's breath in your lungs, God has a purpose for you if you know him as your savior, he does. So let's get to finding out what that purpose is. Why am I here? 
What is my calling? Some of you say, wait, wait, hold on. I don't have a calling. I just work a job. I'm not in ministry. I would say, listen, if you know Jesus, this is a big message that we preach throughout the fall. If you know Jesus, you do have a calling. You do have a ministry. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says that's a ministry of reconciliation. That is your ministry now. That is your calling, to make Jesus known. You have a calling. This this is a, a book that I want you to be aware of. It's called Find Your Place. It's by Rob Wagner and a guy by the name of Brian Phipps. We've become pretty good friends with Rob in the last year, year and a half. And it's a great book about this topic. In fact, this book is going to highly inform a lot of the messages over the next three or four weeks, okay? So if this is something that you're going, I really need this in my life. I need to learn what he's talking about. Order this book, okay? You can find it uh, on Amazon or wherever you find books. Find your place, and uh, we'll be talking about it. Here's Here's an excerpt from it. It says this. Calling refers to the spiritual summons from God to find our identity in Jesus and to be disciples who make disciples wherever we find ourselves. Does that sound familiar? This common or general calling unites us on a common mission with all other Christians throughout time. Right? That's, as a believer, we're just called to make Jesus known. That's our common mission. However, our unique calling distinguishes us from all other Christians and equips us to do good things that Jesus planned for each of us to do. Our unique calling finds its significance in the context of our common or general calling to make disciples. And God equips each of us with a personal calling to more effectively play our part in making disciples wherever we go in the corners of society. I I love to look sometimes down at my hands and look at my fingerprints or Stick them on the window. That's not fun to clean off, but I like to look and go, that's so amazing. Every one of you, as you look at your fingerprints, they are unique to you. Isn't that interesting? Just like your soul, just like your gifting, God has a unique imprint for your gifting and your purpose. What is it? Because it's not to just work a job or fall in love. It's not just to live life and grow old and live the American dream. No, don't settle for the American dream. God has placed something special in you to be a part of his kingdom work on earth. You know, there's countless believers, maybe in the room, maybe in churches sitting all over the world who have never thought about their gifting or their purpose. They've never worked harder to figure it out. Well, the the good news is at least as believers, we have hope. If you know Jesus, you know that there's hope. For the broken moments of life, he gives us hope. And maybe that's the extent of of how you live as a believer. And and that's a good thing, but there's so much more. In fact, did you know that there was a study recently in the last few years that says that the suicide rate for middle-class, middle-aged people in the last 10 years has jumped 40%. Almost double For middle-aged, middle-class people, the the working class of America, in the last 10 years, the suicide rate has doubled. Why? Because they think they're just working a job. They think they're just trying to make bills. They think they're just trying to make ends meet. They think they're just trying to get from day one to day two. What's this about? What's the purpose? Friends, there is a purpose. And there is a unique design in you. In the book, there's a quote from Psychology Today that says, just because a person attempts suicide doesn't mean that they want to die. 
Rather, they often have just lost the power of hope. When you know your gifting, when you understand why God has placed certain passions in your heart and your story the way it is, you begin to triangulate those things to find out what your mission is, what your gifting is, and how God might want to use you in this life. What if you only know a, a portion of your gifting? Some of you may be sitting there kind of going, you know what? Okay, I know I'm gifted at leadership, or I know I'm gifted at uh, administration, or I'm gifted at, at, at caring, or, or uh, some of these different things. I know I'm gifted in those ways. Well, what if that's only just a little bit of the gifting you have in your life? And God wants to open up so much more. I, I love this story of, of Joshua and Israel. Joshua 1, verses 2 through 5. God says to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory." No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. God lays out the boundaries of the promised land. They say that it's 300,000 square miles. It's a big area, right? Guess how much Israel lived in, possessed. In all the history of Israel. Was it 300,000? It was 30,000 square miles. 30,000. Friends, that's 10% of what God had for them. They only lived in 10%. Sometimes we do the same thing. We go, God, I know, I know you use me here. I serve in this area. Or are you giving me a heart for this over here? And, and that's all I'll know and that's all I'll stick with. No. God may want today and over the next few weeks to unlock your potential to all the things that God wants to do through you because he's gifted you for a purpose bigger than what you understand. That's my prayer for our church. If you have your Bibles, look over again in Ephesians chapter 2 this time. One of the greatest, most amazing texts. Hayden referred to it already this morning. I love it. Ephesians 2 verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. We could just stop right there, right? For by grace you have been saved through faith. Praise God for the gift of salvation. He says, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. The greatest gift you could ever be given is the gift of salvation, right? To know Jesus, as Hayden said, listen, we deserve hell. But in his grace and goodness, he's given us Jesus. Thank God for the gift of grace through faith. And I, I just want to pause the message right now and, and say to every one of you, do you know him? If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, don't wait another day. Don't wait another day. None of us are promised another moment. You need to know today that Jesus is your Savior. Not something you earn. Not something you work for. It's not something you do. It's something you believe. It's a gift that's been given to you when you believe. 
But look what happens after salvation. Many believers go, hey, I'm saved. That's good enough. Prayed the prayer somewhere, camp or whatever. I occasionally go to church. No, there's so much more. Let's keep reading. For we are his workmanship. Some, text, some uh, translations say masterpiece there. I love that word. For we are his uh, masterpiece, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. There's a reason which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. If you know Jesus as your Savior, you've been given the most amazing gift, salvation, by his grace. But there's more. There's so much more. Your life in Christ is not an attendance record at a building. Your life in Christ is an adventure and a mission to use all of you. All of your experience, all of your story, the giftings God has given you and the passions of your heart for his purposes, not yours. This life is not about you. And the sooner we learn that, friends, it's hard. Listen, I know that's a, that's a big statement. Chew on that a little bit. And humble yourself before the holy God of the universe and, and realize it's the truth. This life is not about me. But he's, in his kindness, given me life. And in his goodness, he's done so for a reason, for a purpose. So let's find out what it is and live to it. We are God's masterpiece. I'd love for everybody to say, I'm a masterpiece. Will you say that with me? I'm a masterpiece. Uh, that was convincing. Come on. I'm a masterpiece. You're a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece. God has saved you by his grace. And not only that, he's already got good works prepared for you that you should walk in them. I love that one theologian said, notice it doesn't say that we should work in them. Oh, I got to go do this thing. It's an obligation. It's a, no. He's created us for good works so that we may walk in them. Friends, I want you to know that when you begin to understand your gifting and your purpose, God could unlock so much joy in your heart because you're beginning to live towards what God had plans for in you. Sometimes we just don't see it. Or we settle, as C.S. Lewis says, for a muddy puddle instead of a holiday at sea. So what does it mean for us? There's more to our lives in Christ than just our salvation, our fire insurance. God has work for us to do. He's prepared it for us. It's ready for us. We need to get to be about it. And it could be that we're like Israel. We only have 10% understood, and God's got another so much more waiting on us. But God wants us to be a part of this gospel saturation movement to fill all in all and to walk in good works. So what is our part? How do we do that? How do we live uh, in the gospel, spreading the gospel on mission, and also live in these good works. What, what's our part? So the series title is GPS. I've mentioned this before because I think it's just a neat uh, kind of a example, but GPS means Global Positioning System. It was created by a military organization called DARPA. Um, they've created things like the internet and duct tape and GPS, some pretty cool stuff, right, uh, for military reasons. But what's amazing is now you and I have these phones, and if you don't know how to get to lunch today at McDonald's, you can go, hey, Siri, take me to McDonald's. 
I wonder if some, if some, this is what I'm talking about. No, thank you. Now I can't get rid of her. Go away. Isn't that hilarious? That wasn't planned, by the way. It was kind of awesome. Thanks, Siri. So we say, take me to this place. And this technology is amazing. What happens is there's 24 satellites that orbit the planet. And as we make a comment or we begin to engage the GPS system, at least four of those satellites triangulate, I love that word, our position anywhere on the planet. So much so the technology is now that I'm wondering where, when my wife's going to get home. She's been out with the girls, and I just go click on her name, and all of a sudden it brings up her GPS uh, location, and I can see her driving down my street. What? Isn't that amazing? So if you don't know where you are and you need to get someplace, hey, take me someplace. Tell me, here's the address, here's the name, take me there, and, and you can follow it and it'll get you there. How cool would it be if in our spiritual lives we had the same thing? <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, an app on our phone, right? We could just say, God, um, so what are my giftings? Your giftings are, dot, dot, dot. Okay, good, good. And where should I go today to do ministry? And, and, and what should I do with my life? And who would you have me to go witness to or minister? It'd just be so great if, if, if they came back and just told us where to go. And it sounds kind of crazy, but the book refers to this kind of idea as soul tech. And that we actually do have some things that can give us some direction, right? Our gifts, our passions, and our story. One of the quotes from the book says this. Your gifts, passions, and story, each of these are sending you different signals. And when those signals are triangulated by the Spirit of God through a community of trusted traveling companions, I love that. See, it's not just about uh, some assessment telling you what your gifts are. <laughs> because you may go, I think I'm really great. And, and you put that into an assessment and they go, hey, you're really great. Because you put that information in there. And your best friend goes, you're not so great there, right? That's why we need the church. We need that feedback, that honesty. So I love the fact that this is included through a trusted group of, of traveling companions. That's your triad. That's your city group. That's your church. Being honest with you. They'll tell you where you are right now and where you need to be. You are a masterpiece. You are a one-of-a-kind image bearer of God, priceless in worth, filled with a mysterious and unique mix of gifts and passions within an amazing story that is exclusively yours. Does that give you hope? Does that ignite something in you? <laughs> it does me. See, when you know your giftings and your passions, and, and some of us have had some difficult stories. Some of us have had some stories that we've had to wrestle through. <laughs> kind of like walking through mud, like this has not been easy. And it's okay, because God is a, a healing God. Romans 8, 28 tells us there's a reason we go through things, Right? That he works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. In Jesus, that's you. So some of our stories are, are difficult, but God has a purpose. Wants to use, he didn't waste one tear, one broken thing in your heart or your life. When we begin to understand these things, we can actually go, God, this is where I am. And I think this is where you're calling me. 
this is where you want me to be. I so wish somebody would have showed me this 30 years ago. <laughs> Don't you? Had some kind of clue. Help me, Lord, figure out exactly what it is that you're calling me to. And also, when you understand this, this is not work. It's not some added obligation. Okay, now I found out I've got these other two gifts. I've got to go get more jobs in the church. No. It's not an obligatory thing. It's, it's a joy. It's a gift. Not just to you. It's a gift to other people. Yes, in the church, but also to reach the world. That's what God is calling us to. There's a story in the book about a guy by the name of Andy. Andy's an HR director at a national theater company. And he says that he was given a memo to, to help incorporate more um, disabled people into their organization. And he knew he loved disabled people and wished that he could figure out how to help do them, but he didn't really know how to go about that role. Just kind of pushed the memo to the back of his desk and he goes to his small group. We call them city groups here. But he goes to a small group that night and they're talking about Proverbs 31, 8 and 9, which says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. And Andy's just sitting there going, his heart's beating fast. You ever felt that? God's doing something to me. He knew there's something that he needed to respond to in that. And he thought, okay, I have to take this on, not just as my work, not just as my gift, because I'm gifted in HR and I can do some work. No, this is now a passion for these people. And I want to I see God do something. Well, he began to work. He incorporated some disabled people in a local theater. It went over so well that they incorporated it into their whole national chain of theater around the country. That became so popular that he started his own consulting firm for businesses incorporating disabled people in their businesses. The White House invites him to the White House. He's now working for Starbucks and, and all these Hobby Lobby and all these major corporations because he began to find these different pieces of what, how God had gifted him and his passion. And God uses his story to bring glory to himself. It's amazing. There's no telling to what God's going to do in us. So I, I just want to mention this as we close. Listen, as a church, you need to know, and I think you do, this is what we've been saying for a year. We are moving from more of a style of church that says, hey, we have a lot of ministry here on this campus. You can help us. Come to the campus and help us. I want you to know we want to flip that on its head, ultimately. This is where we're going, okay? So that you begin to see your gifting and your passion and your story, and you go, I'm called to do ministry here, and, and this is what it's supposed to look like. And we say, great, you can do it, and we can help. Do you see the difference? Not about our location. Not about our building, not about just everything right here. No, when I love uh, Daryl has got this picture or this image that we look at sometimes, and it has all of your homes, little flag points on all of your homes, all around central Arkansas, from Hot Springs to Conway, Pine Bluff. I mean, it's all over. And we go, we pray about that, we look at those, but I just think, what, what is God going to do in each of those places? What is he going to do in each of those places? We could, we could bring it all right here, but instead we want to empower you. Paul said, equip the saints for the work of ministry. That's what we're trying to do. Equip you, you to know your gifting and you to go do the ministry. I love this quote from Mark Twain that says, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. The day you're born is an important day, created in God's image. 
But the day you find out why gives us the hope of Christ. The hope to know there's more to life than just what I can dream. See, that's a lot of people say, hey, follow your heart. Follow your dreams. Please don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. Jeremiah says that the heart is wicked. It's deceitful. You don't follow your heart. You follow Jesus. And he's going he's gonna to push back on your heart because our heart is wicked. We don't just follow our dreams. Trust me, I'm, I'm a dreamer, you guys. I dream nonstop. And at some point I came to a convergence where I said, Lord, it's not just about my dream. Thank you, trying to think it needs to look like what I think it looks like. But you used my dream up to this point, And then I had to make a decision. Am I going to follow my dreams or am I going to follow Jesus? And at that point, you let your dreams maybe help influence you as your giftings and things. But ultimately, we follow Jesus. So over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about these three things. Your gifts, your passions, and your story. Uh, like I said, do we have a, a, a image of this? Yeah. So here's what I want you to do. For those of you that are going, hey, I really need to take a deep dive in this. I need to learn more about this. Go get the book. It's like a $10 or $12 book, Amazon. But for the rest of us, for all of us, I want to show you something. If you'll aim your phone at that QR code, hopefully it'll take you to a website. The website is right here. It's just the name of the GPS. You can remember it later. Gift, passion, story.com gift passion story.com gps right so when you when you plug that into your computer later uh it's going to take you to a, a, a online spiritual gifts assessment and that spiritual gifts assessment is a it's free it doesn't cost you a penny you'll put in your name and your email address to have an account just so they can send you your results to your email address and you'll go through, it takes about 30 minutes or less, 20, 30 minutes. You go through some questions. Be honest. Share who you are. Share the things that make you tick and the things that don't. And, and they will take all that information and give a good guess, right? So I, this is what I think is neat. You put that in and it will email you immediately what they think are your spiritual gifts. But here's what they say to do. Also, have dear friends, a best friend, a husband or a wife, Take the same assessment as if they were you. We're going to do that this week in our office. And I'm going to take it as if I'm Mindy or if I'm Daryl, and they're going to take it as if they're me. And then we're going to look at both of these assessments and say, How, was I close to what I thought I was? See, this is a, tra a group of traveling companions that get a good, honest assessment of, of who we are and how we're gifted. So this is a free assessment. And we're going to be talking about it through the next few weeks. So please, if you get a chance, in fact, we're going to look at it in our small groups, not this week, but next week, really specifically as we talk about our gifts. So I'm excited. I'm excited for our church to understand what our giftings are, um, how to make sense of some of our stories, because it's not easy. But I believe as we discover these things and we understand what God is calling us to and who he's made us to be, there's no telling what he wants to do through you. There's no telling. It could be that God lays a country on your heart or a part of our city. Or you maybe you all of a sudden go, I think I'm supposed to lead a small group or I'm supposed to serve in children's ministry or I'm supposed to do this or that. And praise God, let's see him unlock the potential of our church together. Can we do that? Pray with me. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for the privilege to be in your house with family. Oh, I love these people, God. But I pray with all that I am that you will move us 
from ever understanding or thinking that church is about a service. Not just about a service. We enjoy worshiping you and coming together and, and gathering. Uh, we see that in the early church. We see that in your word. And so that's a beautiful thing. But it's not the main thing. The main thing is making disciples. The main thing is living lives in identity of Christ. The main thing is having a worldview of who you are and who we are in you. The main thing is making you known to the world. So God, I pray that you're equipping us, you're changing us, you're helping us to redefine what even church is, close, more closely related to what the Bible says it is, not what American culture has defined it as, so that we can walk in obedience to who you are and see you do a great work among us for the name of Jesus. God, would you use this series and move us closer to knowing ourselves and to knowing you and how we can submit our lives to serve you more effectively. That is our prayer. And we pray it in Jesus' name.